I didn't want to feel that way anymore. You finally uh, reached that tipping point. Exactly. Yeah. I, I was like, you know what? I, I don't want to, I don't want to do this anymore. And at the time I'm like, what do you want to do? And I thought, well, why don't I make a goal for myself? You know, keep myself distracted. And so I was raised, my uh, family enjoyed baseball. So I was raised as a young age being taught the rules of baseball. And I thought to myself, okay, all right. Why don't I make a goal for myself to make my varsity baseball team in high school? Why don't, why don't I make that my goal? And so then I started my journey in that. I would play fall ball, winter ball, summer ball. And if I wasn't doing that, I was throwing the tennis ball against the wall, just practicing over and over and over and over again. Wow. And th- this is what was awesome was once I, in your words, discovered my mindset, being, you know, this great mindset. Welcome to Dads on Deadlifts podcast with me, your host, Rish. This podcast is to raise awareness around the social stigma of the word man up. Research has shown men are less likely to seek help for trauma, abuse, neglect, addictions, and mental illness because they will be perceived as weak. Research had directly or indirectly linked these problems to the social and cultural perceptions of the word man up. It's time to start a conversation and redefine this word, man up. Each week, you will be hearing from men and women all around the world who survived emotional abuse, physical abuse, domestic violence, and addictions, and how they came out on the other side with triumph to begin a new chapter. You will also hear from experts and coaches all around the globe on matters like brain health, psychology of men and women, holistic healing, fitness, And last but not least, what it takes to be a man, overcoming the social stigma and expectations, and tap into your individual unique authenticity and vulnerability. Thank you for joining me in this mission to serve men around the world and letting them know they are not alone in this. What's up, everyone? Welcome to Dads and Deadlifts podcast with me, your host, Rish. So without further ado, let's welcome today's guest, Paul Fortune. How are you doing, Paul? I'm well. Thank you, Rish. Thank you for the opportunity to join your podcast. I'm really excited. I'm inspired by your message. So I'm excited to tell you what I know about the subject. Absolutely, brother. I mean, like when I, when I saw your story, when I heard your story, I mean, it's just like blew my mind. It blew my mind. So the way I start, I don't introduce my guests because I feel like an introduction should come directly from horse's mouth. Okay. And what's your story? Who is Paul? All right. Sounds good. Well, I just want to first tell you, you know, what I do now. And that kind of goes back to what happened to me as an infant here. So basically, I am now a mindset coach that helps people improve their mindset so that they're more productive at work, so they're more present for their friends and family, and more importantly, they feel good from the inside. That's what I do as a mindset coach. And the way I got there starts when I was an infant. So when I was an infant, I was diagnosed with something called cerebral palsy. And if people don't know what that is, it's a weakness on one side of the body. It could cause paralyzation, poor motor skills, and it's a permanent diagnosis. Okay. So when I was diagnosed with this, the doctor told my mom 
as an infant that it was so severe that I would never be able to walk and that I would be subject to a wheelchair the rest of my life. Well, thank goodness that my mom got other opinions and just didn't stop with that. She got other opinions, second, third, fourth, fifth, and came across somebody that thought, you know what, I believe I can help this boy. So the first 10 years of my life was spent doing physical therapy pretty much every single day. And my first break was well, I was able to walk and I was probably able to walk around three or so, probably, you know, much later than most other kids. And that was, that was a big thing, obviously, that I was able to walk when the doctor told me I wasn't going to be able to walk. So that was my first break. But things weren't easier for me because cerebral palsy, it's a permanent thing. So I was put into soccer probably about five and I felt so defeated because I could only run probably 25, 50 yards where these other kids are able to run laps. And my, my dad had to go to the coach and say, hey, my boy can only run 25 to 50 yards. That's it. You know, he's just kind of doing it to just get some exercise, this and that. And, you know, as a kid, that, that, that's crushing that I couldn't be like one of the other kids and run laps and do the normal activities. But I just, I just physically couldn't do it at the time. You had that awareness back then. at five. Yeah, because, I mean, I would watch the other kids run laps and, you know, and I, I can barely go uh, 25, 50 yards. So, yeah, I definitely had that awareness, uh, you know, at five because, you know, I'm just looking at the other kids doing more than I could do. And as a kid, that's pretty defeating because you don't know how to cope with that because, you know, mm -hmm. your beltless hand and you're like, why me type? Yeah. So I got my second break, so to speak, when I was six or seven, I had surgery on my right foot to gain some mobility in my foot. And something really miraculous happened to me. I switched schools after that But surgery. I'm going to interrupt you one thing. Yeah, uh, of course. Is that, is that surgery related to your cerebral palsy? Yes. Yes. Basically, mm -hmm. they tightened the tendons in my right foot so that I would have more of a spring when I would step. Wow, okay. Because that was the part of the problem. I couldn't run very far because my tendons were too loose and I just didn't have enough spring in my step to go that far. And they tighten it up, that way I, I could run further and such. Okay. Apparently the surgery was a success because when I switched schools, first day of physical education, I'll never forget this, they told us to, at first stretches, they told us to run the lap. I'm like, uh-oh, here we go again. All the kids are going to see that I can't run. And they're going to start teasing me again. But when I started running this time, I started being able to catch, uh, keep up with the other kids. And I'm like, okay, Paul, mm -hmm. keep going, buddy. Keep going. You're doing it. You're doing it, Paul. You're doing it. You're doing it. And I finished the lap with all the other kids. And on the outside, I kept it cool. But on the inside, I was like, yes, yes, yes. You know, I felt like I ran a marathon because I completed a marathon because this is something I've never done before. I was able to run a lap and, you know, somewhat keep up with the other kids. And it, right. it was such a great, great, great feeling for me. Things got a little bit easier for me, but I, I wouldn't say they were easy. I still kind of walk with a limp, still held my right arm differently than the other kids. And I switched schools again in junior high. And that, people might know, that's a tough age to switch schools period, whether you don't have a disability or not, just because, you know, yeah. kids are going through their hormones, they're, you know, becoming teenagers. So, uh, you know, the teasing just like doubled when I switched schools, being the new kid, number one, and two, being different than the other kids. So I remember for a year and a half in junior high, 
coming home pretty much every single day crying in my room going, why me? Why, why, why do I have to feel this way? Why do I have to be different than these other kids? Why can't I just be the same as these other kids? So here's my question. And I don't want to interrupt your thing, but I also don't want to lose my chain of thoughts. In junior high, you said you changed school. And of course, with what you are struggling yourself, Mm -hmm. Was it more of your mindset or were you actually bullied or were you actually being picked upon or picked on? I would say it's both. I would say I definitely was bullied and I was definitely picked on, but at the time I didn't have the right mindset. You know what I mean? I probably kept my head down a little bit being inferior to the other kids. And I didn't know anything about, you know, my mindset at the time and becoming, you know, preteen, going to be a teenager, wanting to fit in and not knowing, you know, how to handle myself in a situation like that. So I'd say a, a little of both. And probably my mindset at the time probably contributed a lot to the bullying because uh, I felt, you know, inferior to, you know, the other kids at the time. But I feel like I think what I hear you and I might be wrong, but from the outside, but and I'm an optimist, I'm a realist, but I feel like just listening so far your story, I think when you said my mindset was not built, I think like, no, it's it's not the right way to say it, because I think your mindset was already built. You are just internalizing it. Like internally, Paul already knew he's fighter. He was running like, let's go, let's go, let's go. Just outside, he was trying to figure out. But I think your mindset was already there. Otherwise, I feel like you, my friend, would not be here the way you are showing up right now. I think your mindset was already there internally. You just kind of had to get over the other side to say, like, forget about the outside validation. That's me. So Yeah, I I hear what you're saying that, you know, that I needed something to pull it out of me, you know, that it was in in my belly the whole time. I needed something to pull out of me. So I I, I like that. And uh, I can go with that. I think that there's something to what you're saying there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because the next thing I'm going to say is probably connected to saying that you were possibly right. Because I remember this was probably the middle of my eighth grade year. I got kind of sick of feeling sad all the time and angry and and, Mm. and I didn't want to feel that way anymore. You finally Uh, reached that tipping point. (laughs) Exactly. I was like, you know what? I I don't want to, I don't want to do this anymore. And at the time I'm like, what do you want to do? And I thought, well, why don't I make a goal for myself? You know, keep myself distracted. And so I was raised, my uh, family enjoyed baseball. So I was raised as a young age being taught the rules of baseball. And I thought to myself, okay, all right, why don't I make a goal for myself to make my varsity baseball team in high school? Why don't, why don't I make that my goal? And so then I started my journey in that. I would play fall ball, winter ball, summer ball. And if I wasn't doing that, I was throwing a tennis ball against the wall, just practicing over and over and over and over again. Wow. And th- this is what was awesome was once I, in your words, discovered my mindset, being, you know, this great mindset, the other kids start changing their tune, their attitude towards me. Yeah. Uh, you know, they, instead of and picking on me and bullying me, they start supporting me and, and rooting me on saying, okay, Paul, let's go, let's do this. And I'm happy to say that on my junior year, I was able to make my varsity team and then played my senior year. So, you know, I accomplished what I set out to do. So then going forward in my life, I'm thinking to myself, well, you know, this is the mindset that I need to use in my life. So I went to college, got out of college, didn't really know what I wanted to do in my life. 
you know, like most people coming out of college, really, you know, most kids don't, oh, yeah. you know, we go to college, yeah. that's what we're told we're supposed to do. And then <laughs> we have to figure it out. It's like, yeah. okay. So uh, I had a, uh, a family friend who was in the mortgage industry. So well, why don't you try that? And I'm like, all right, let's try that. And use that same mindset that I had growing up. Meaning I, I remember, you know, doing the training and learning to do the loans and, and, and stuff. And probably my, a month in, I, you know, it's time for me to, you know, start going out in the field and getting loans. And I started getting my rate sheets ready and, and was going to go out and try to get business. And that family friend comes up to me and says, hey, Paul, what are you doing? And I'm like, well, you know, it's time to go out and get some loans. And he's like, man, you're not ready yet. You know, you've only done this a month. I need to get you some more training. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I got this. I got this. Let's go. And, you know, so I use that same mindset. Now, I probably did more. I need more training and I got more training. But, you know, a lot of it, you just had to go out and do. Mm-hmm. You know, you kind of have to just, just learn to fail, you know, yes. and just kind of see what what works. And so for the longest time, I really enjoyed it and I did well at it. And then, you know, 2008 hit, you know, with the economy going down and, you know, and I stayed in the industry and, and we rebounded, did well. But I started losing that luster for doing it. You know, there was a lot more regulations that were put on UF through the government, which, which some of it's rightly so, but some of it was tough. Like, for instance, I had to say my mortgage license number. So if, if somebody called in and wanted a loan or, or whatever, I have to say my mortgage license number. And if and then sometimes they would have secret shoppers that would call me. And if I didn't say my mortgage license number, I'd get in trouble. And I remember sometimes going, oh, no, I didn't say my mortgage license number. And this, hopefully that's not a shopper. And I'm thinking to myself, I can't even think about helping the customer anymore. I have to just think about like, oh, did I, did I say that? Did I say this? And it became unauthentic yeah. anymore. It just wasn't doing it for me. But I've always been into the, you know, for the longest time, been into self-help books, mm-hmm. motivational movies. And then I remember probably about five years ago, I remember they had a, a motivational uh, speaker that came and, and talked to us and, and he just really resonated with me. And then I, I thought to myself, you know what? I want to do something like that. So, you know, I, he was gracious enough to a- answer some of my questions. And then I started getting my career coaching license and I started putting it out in the universe. I started selling my coworkers and everybody, I want to become a life coach. And, you know, and I think a lot of them, a lot of people thought I was joking around, whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, whatever, Paul, whatever. You know, go out and get some loans, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, no, this was my dream. So I started getting all my financial situation in order because obviously starting a new business, you know, you're not going to make the same money you did in, in the mortgage industry. For sure. Yeah. So I paid all down my, all my debts and I made a goal for myself, uh, quit my job, my mortgage job. And now I do a mindset coaching full time because wow. that's what I want to do full-time. So that's what I'm doing full-time now. So that's my journey to you right now on this podcast. There you go. No, I mean, amazing, amazing. Cause that's exactly when I talked to you and I know offline before we started this podcast, I told you that I have a um, theme for every episode. And when I had an initial call with you when I heard your story. This episode is mindset. I mean, it's as simple as that. Not just you are helping people and it's just part of it already that what I got from your story already that how you were so diligent and a fighter basically. Like uh, it's just like it took time for you to internalize it. You were already working on it already since you were a kid and using that to help others now. 
So let's jump on to the next thing because that's, you know, you already know the platform for mm-hmm. this dads and deadlifts. And right now you're, you're been a full-time life coach and doing it for a while and you're successful. You, you have clients. My question is, where do you think is a gap that all the statistics and data that we are seeing that men are still not opening up, getting help? And one, where do you see the gap and why? And two is how as life coach, you can help. Okay. I, I really love this question because it comes up a lot with my male clients that we, we talk about this quite a bit. And you kind of mentioned it in your introduction. We were raised as boys that we have to man up as, yeah. as what you said. And, 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 you know, nothing bothers you. You're a rock and you don't have feelings and you, you know, rub dirt on it. You know, you don't cry and all these stereotypes that men and boys have to live up to. And we both agree that that's nonsense. That's just right. absolutely nonsense. What message that we and you are already sending out and, and I and, and me separately is being vulnerable is not a weakness. It's a strength. Yes. Okay. With my own story, with the story that I just shared with you, for the longest time, I was ashamed of that story. I didn't want to tell anybody that story. Because that mindset, oh, you know what, you're going to be a man. You don't, you don't share, you know, your weakness with other people and, and what your struggles were. You, you, you just go out and do it. You don't, you don't say anything. And the moment I started talking about my story is when I really was ready to become a mindset coach. Because my story is going to be the reason that I'm going to be helping a lot of people. And if I was not sure enough in myself as a strength to talk about my weakness, I would not be able to help anybody because nobody could relate to why I was a a mindset coach. And now I tell everybody my story. So I'm being vulnerable with them. And in return, oh, he's being vulnerable with me. I now can trust him to be vulnerable with him. And once they're vulnerable with me, we can get to the root of the uh, what's going on and improve whatever they're trying to improve on. Yeah. So, wow. Yeah, no, that's probably the biggest thing that I had seen and through my journey. And, uh, and, and again, it's, it's a journey. The reason I call it a journey, I'm still going through it. It's always a process. Where do you think as men we are when it comes to still showing up uh, vulnerability uh, with vulnerability? And where do you think we are as men continuing that? Like, for example, like I might talk to you today and you are already in this field. What are you seeing? What are the trends that men are actually really eager to learn and continue getting coach, coached, basically? Well, I've noticed that the younger generation, I would say like the millennial generation, actually is more open to the coaching than the Gen X and the baby boom. I mean, not to say that they're not open to it too. Sure. But I'm seeing a little bit of a uh, culture shift in the, the millennial generation. I mean, there's still a lot, there's still those stereotypes about being a man and mm-hmm. wipe dirt on it. But they're starting to understand that having feelings and expressing that feelings isn't a bad thing. I feel as a society, we're going the right direction. I don't feel like we're going there fast enough. And I think that's important that you have this podcast to bring that message home so that men and women feel Mm. it's okay to express their feelings because bottling it up is not going to do anything for anybody. First off, it's the physical downside of bottling it up is going to really hurt you in the long term. 
Secondly, if, if you keep bottling it up, you will never truly be happy. Yeah. You always have this cloud over you, you know, that you can't work out your problems because you feel like you're too tough to work out these problems. But if you can express your problems verbally and get it out on the table, how liberating is that? That, oh, you know what? I, this has been bothering me for so, so long. And Paul, you're listening to me. You're actively listening to me and, you're, and you have empathy for what I'm saying to you. I feel so much better that we had this conversation. Now that the weight is off my shoulders, now I can go the direction that I need to go forward or whether that's through a divorce or whether that's asking somebody to be married to or, or take care of their kids or, mm-hmm. or whatever it is or having friendships or going out and getting a job. Their mind is, is open because, because of all that baggage they're holding on to. They let it go. You know, they express their true feelings. Right. So having said that, uh, now, of course, I'm going to ask you something. You don't have to give your proprietary process. You don't have to talk in detail. And guys, uh, we'll have uh, Paul's the website and his programs and everything, uh, uh, the link to his program that he has and coaching program on my social websites on my podcast link. So you guys definitely can um, reach out to him after this once you uh, subscribe to the episode and learn and listen to him. So Paul, my question is, how do you get someone who is there confused and completely drained? And I was there. I was there and um, basically helped them to start making, taking the first step in the mindset shift. What do you do? How do you okay, help? The, I'm just trying the, to get get a little bit of help to the listeners who are already there, don't have resources to spend, right? So. Absolutely. So the first thing that I tell my clients if they're down, upset, you know, just not in the right mindset space, whatever you want to call it, the first thing I tell them to do is stop focusing on all the negative that's going on and focusing on what positive is going on in your life. So when you wake up every morning. Before you reach for your phone, check your social media or check the weather or email or whatever you do in the morning, sit there for a second Mm -hmm. and start thinking about a couple things in your life that are good. It could be a good spouse. It could be good kids. It could be good friends. It could be a good job. It could be a vacation that you're taking. Whatever it is, focus in on those things that are going right in your life. And I know people are busy, but take 10 to 15 minutes before you do anything else. Mm-hmm. And just, if you lay in bed, that's fine. Or want to get up and meditate or whatever, or whatever you do, but take 10 to 15 minutes to think about the positive things going on in your life right that moment. And by just doing that alone, yes, you will see a difference in your mindset in the morning. You will be a lot more positive in what is going on in your life. And you keep doing that over and over again. And those bad days that you have will be shorter because you're not focusing in on it. Because a lot of people have bad days because they're focusing on that negative. Oh, see, that was, I knew that was going to happen. I knew I was going to get in a car accident or I knew that my boss was going to give me extra work. I just knew it. Well, yeah, because you're focusing on that. Stop focusing on that. Focus your energy on the positive things that are going on in your life and that energy will come towards you. Wow. Yeah. No, it's like, I feel like it's been said so many times in different ways. We all know it and I still feel it's still hard to practice. It's such a, such a 
everyday thing to keep God off that thing. Like, oh, okay, I got to do it because it's very easy. It's already bad. Like, cause I, I'm still sometimes kind of fall in that trap. So it, it's, I'm glad that uh, you, you kind of give a little bit of a nugget on that. Where is one thing that you see, especially with uh, the discussions that we're having uh, with man up the young boys and millennials, the gap. Where are you seeing these issues in terms of when you said your most client is, mostly your client is young men? Yeah, I would say m- most of my clients are probably 40 and younger. I have, I have one client that's in their 50s, but most of my clients are 40 and younger. Okay, let's talk about the majority of it then. What are the problems that they are coming to solve? Is it depression? Is it addiction? Is it confusion? What is the real problem that these men are facing right now? Well, I think it's problems that we all face. It's a, it's a common denominator with all my clients. Uh, and it's that limited belief. Like they put this limited belief on themselves, you know, whether they're starting a business or whether they're trying to get, you know, more friends or, or they're just trying to feel happy or whatever, whatever their, their, their goal they're trying to set for themselves, they mm. put these limited beliefs on themselves and they, they put themselves down mentally. And we all do it. We all put ourselves down mentally. And when, you know, somebody says, oh, you know, oh, you look nice today, you back it up with something negative. Oh, you know, this old shirt, you know, you know rather than just say thank you. Thank yeah. you. You know, thank you. I, I thank you for saying that, you know, but we put a negative spin on everything. You know, I, I know that's inbred in our culture, but, but don't do that. You know, if, if somebody gives you a compliment, just say, thank you. I appreciate yeah. it. Thank you for noticing. You know, that's one thing. And then, you know, the, this negative belief that we have with ourselves and we all do it. I do it. Everybody does. Oh, trust me. Yeah. Yeah. And what we need to do is don't feel bad that we do it because that's human nature. We need to be aware of it. So when we yes. start going down this rabbit hole of, of this negative thought, you need to step back a second and go, whoa, 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 wait a minute. No, 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 no. I, I, I'm not that. I am this. You know, start training your mind. Once you start going down that rabbit hole, stop yourself. Go, oh, whoa, okay. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, nope, no, nope, no. Nope. Not going to go down that road. No. Nope. Yeah. You know, like especially... Uh, I have a person that does, uh, you know, that's terrified. He does them, but he's terrified his presentations. And before the presentation, I mean, he'll start saying all this negative stuff like, oh, I'm going to forget what I'm going to say. Everybody's going to laugh at me. And I'm like, stop doing that to yourself. Think about the, the ovation you're going to get because you're going to be doing a great job after it's all done. That's what you should be thinking about. No, don't yeah. think about like, forget about it. Don't put yourself down. I, I would say is something that all generations do. You know, that needs to stop. You know, you love yourself. Love yourself because if you don't love yourself, you're not going to love anybody else. So love yourself yeah. first. Wow. You know, I think, I think this is most important, especially what's going on right now in society. And my heart is heavy. Uh, my heart had been heavy for past couple of weeks of what's going on and i think that's that's probably one of the biggest message is you know i mean we gotta start loving ourselves a little bit more than uh, we should uh, we are doing right now as uh, men and women i'm pretty sure but i think men are very hard on themselves and i know i am i know i was i still have those days absolutely there's no the denying it but We're all human. I know, but at least i know i have the tools and that's all i'm trying to do here so paul now my question is where do people find you uh, well, the, the easiest way to find me is on my website. It's acalltoaction.coach. You can also find me on Facebook, A Call to Action on Facebook. And I also do a, a podcast myself called Actions and Limits. So obviously, 
if you like this podcast, which is an awesome, awesome <laughs> podcast, our podcast is similar where we, we want to inspire people because I have the saying, if you believe you can achieve. So, and I know that that's what you're preaching for yes. So I, I, and that's why I, I'm so glad to be on your podcast because I feel like our themes are so similar and we're so right. like-minded that our energy is great. So yeah. No, I'm, no, I'm I, I think, I think like, so everyone's story matters and I really believe in it. And, um, you know, like, even though I feel like it's uh, we over me, I always have been a believer. So I think everyone should tell their story. Everyone should bring their story. Like your story is completely different than my story and how even if we can serve one person through our story and our journey and our podcast, our platform, whatever you want to call that. I think that's that's basically the passion and that's basically, basically the mission. So, okay. So I'm definitely have a, have your link, uh, website link on my podcast. Do you have anything, any coaching uh, session, free call, or anything, any program that you're working on that you want to talk about? Uh, yeah. So thank you for giving me this platform, Arish. Um, yeah. So anytime I, I meet with a new client or prospective client, we, I always do a 30 minute free consultation. So that way we can get, you know, talk to each other and see if it's a match that, that, you know, we can help you get to that next level. Right. So once we establish that I can help you, then we have various programs. We have a 12 month program, which is the best bargain. Mm -hmm. And then we have a six month program. And then I also have a, a month to month. And basically each month you're able to get two sessions with me, an hour session with me. Mm -hmm. Okay. But in between those two sessions a month, you're able to email or text me if you know you have a quick question or, or whatever, or email if it's a longer question. And you know, and I and I'll I'll get back to you with whatever you're asking for. So that so for if you do a month a month, it's five hundred a month. If you do six months, it's twenty five hundred. Mm -hmm. And you get one month free if you do that. And then if you do a if you do a, a year, it's five thousand and you get two months free. So that's how I do my program style. I'm your coach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guys, listen, um, as any episode, I talk about that if you are going through something, just here, right here, what Paul is saying, if you need to talk to someone, if you need to reach out to someone, it's a free call, 30 minutes. What are you going to lose? Don't go into a negative rabbit hole. Don't go into in negative directions. And I had seen so many things that people had taken their lives. And this platform as I keep saying on every episode, that is basically about reach out. You are not alone. You're not alone. And right now on this episode, Paul is saying he has a 30 minutes free call. If you feel you need to talk to someone, that's all you got to do. Go on his website, call him, book a session and talk to him. Just talk. And then you decide. But Please don't get into a position where you are not able to come back. And that doesn't just not affect you. It affects your family, your partners, your kids, your friends. So thank you, Paul. Really appreciate it for opening that up for the audience. Rish, I, like I said, I, I had a great time talking with you. I hear what you're, you're doing on this podcast and it's great. And I've subscribed to your podcast and I can't wait to 
here are all the episodes that are coming through because they're motivating to me. Thank uh, you. And I know they're definitely going to be motivating to your viewers. Really appreciate it. Uh, I'm humbled that, that you spend some time with here and help motivate and especially your story. I mean, just again, everyone who listens to every episode, everyone so far, everyone I brought. So guys, that's another angle to it too. We all go through it. If you just find the right help, reach out, find the right tools. Trust me, you will come on the other side with triumph. And Paul is just another example right there. Okay. So Paul, I do have one surprise for all okay. my guests. Uh-oh. <laughs> I give, I, I kind of end up in my episodes with my guests with two things. One is like, I ask the surprise questions to my guests. Okay. And then I, I'm an avid reader. So based on the theme, I, I read a quote uh, from a book that matters to me. So for you, the surprise question is, <laughs> you ready? I'm ready. A little nervous, okay. <laughs> but I'm ready. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's pretty simple. How does Paul think? How does Paul think in serving the way he's serving right now about his mission? What's his long-term vision about his mission that he's on because you're already serving men and women and you're already helping through your story and through your mindset behavior and helping people what's the long-term vision for paul what does he want to see in people or in clients that's i think that's what i'm trying to say what do i feel the long-term mission is for my clients Mm -hmm. okay so well it's very simple what i want for my clients a lot of them, you know, have goals in mind and that's fine. Okay. You know, they may want to open up their own business or they may, you know, want to, like I said, have more friends or whatever, whatever their goal is. They're going to have a goal. You know, a lot of them have goals mm-hmm. and I don't want them to be fixated so much on the end game. I want them fixated on the journey. Wow. Yeah. Uh, because in, through the journey, your uh, results could change. You can get into wanting to do something, and through your experimentation of trying to get where you need to go, something else might happen. Go, you know what? I'm going to pivot this way now. Yeah. So, you know, I use this analogy all the time. When you watch a child and they build their Legos, the time they're having the most fun is when they're actually building their Legos. Yeah. You know, they may have fun and tell their mom or dad, and they say, oh, look what I built. You yeah. Know, and they have joy out of that, but... The most time they're having fun is when they're actually building. Yeah. And, and I think that's what we lose as adults. Where it's all about the end game. No, it's all about right now. It's all about being present right this minute. And I, I really hone in with my clients. They worry about the path, path or they read about the past and they worry about the future. You know, stop doing that. Worry about the present. Because what happens is when you worry about the past and future, you all of a sudden you wake up and it's, you know, 20 years later and you're like, Oh crap. You know, I, I didn't do any, or I didn't enjoy myself because you're so constantly worried about this and that you're not present in what you're doing today, whether that's hanging out with a friend or hanging out with children or calling your parents or whatever you, you mm-hmm. do, take a walk, whatever you do for your enjoyment, even at work, when you're yeah. at work being present, like if you, you have some sort of presentation or, or doing something at work, you need to be present. If you're present, you're going to be more productive at your job. So if anything, I would, I stress to all my clients to, to focus on the present and ignore so much I, the past, the future. I get it. We all have to, to a certain extent, but focus your energy, time and energy to now because that's yeah. what you have now. I mean, the past already happened. The future's not guaranteed. So yeah. but now is now, and that's the time to really hone in 
on what you want to do to be happy. Wow. Awesome. Awesome. No, this, this is, this is really amazing. So I'm going to finish off with um, today's episode with the book. That's a very dear to me, man's search for meaning by Viktor Frankl. And uh, it's kind of um, suitable to end today's episode. It says, and this is just a paragraph, by the way, to the European, it is a characteristic of the American culture that again and again, one is commanded and ordered to be happy. But happiness cannot be pursued. It must ensue. One must have a reason to be happy. Once the reason is found, however, one becomes happy automatically. As we see, a human being is not one in pursuit of happiness, but rather in search of a reason to become happy. Last but not least, through actualizing the potential meaning inherent and dormant in given situation. It's just similar thing that you just said. It's not the end game to be happy. It's just like how you're trying to find that path and trying to find happiness in every small steps that we are taking. Not that I want to be happy at the end. Yeah, absolutely. I want to be happy right now. Yeah, exactly. You want to be happy right now. You want to enjoy right now. You want to enjoy your journey now. Not in three years from now, not in the past, right this minute. Wow. What a powerful way to end it, Paul. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Thanks for coming to my podcast. Thanks for serving my audience. And again, guys, um, I'll have uh, Paul's link and website and social media information available on my podcast link, on my social media. Again, as I said, that's all it takes. One phone call and you have nothing to lose. 30 minutes. Go ahead. So this is the end of this episode. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Hopefully you guys find a lot of good advice that Paul have shared. Hopefully you guys found a lot of strength from Paul's stories. So again, just like any episodes, remember you're not alone. There are people who have done that and came out on the other side with triumph and helping others and serving others. Till next episode, signing off, your host, Rish. Stay safe, stay blessed, and remember again, you're loved, you're not alone. Thanks for listening to another episode of Dads and Deadlifts. And I hope you are as excited as I am learning from our guest today on the specific topic. Please subscribe, share, and leave a comment and tag Dads and Deadlifts on Instagram and Facebook with your experience of today's episode. Because remember, your one share might save someone from feeling alone and provide them the tools they can incorporate in their daily lives. Let's each of us do our part in helping men around the world. You can personally message me on my Facebook page or Instagram page, Dads and Deadlifts, if you want your story to be shared on the podcast or if you just feel alone and want someone to reach out to. Always remember, you are not alone. All you got to do is reach out and I am rooting for you. Until next week, your host Rish signing off. I will see you next week with another brand new episode.